0: You're listening to Tales from Willow Grove. These are the cautionary tales, myths, Halloween legend, and lore. Can you hear the wind in the trees or the bear in the woods? Listen closely for the heart of the sea beast and the sound of sharp heels on cobblestones. Welcome to Willow Grove. Listen, if you dare.
1: Come, child, and sit near my chair, and I'll tell you of the night of the woods and the bear. Of the woods and the wind and the bear. And the fur. See, she skipped down the path, golden braids in her hair, paying no mind to the woods nor the bear. The bear who stalking stomped through the trees, crunching and tromping through crisp fallen leaves. Come close, listen well. And you'll hear what befell our flaxen-haired maiden as she rounded the swell of the creek's bubbling banks, trilling swiftly along on the wind in the night. You can still hear the song that she sung on that day as she skipped through the woods, her arms heavy laden with a basket of goods. Oh, how they ached, weighted down with such treasure. Just there, a short stump, she could rest for a measure. As the brook swept along, and the wind sang her song, I think you can guess who came trumping along. A sad tale, I'm afraid. Though it didn't take long for the bear to come by and steal her sweet song, and all that was left as the water rushed by was her cloak on a branch as the wind whipped aside. The sun dipping low, the woods howled their warning. Take care, they cried out as though still in mourning for the bouncing curls that no longer were the woods, and the wind, and the bear, and the fur.
2: Say, have you listened while the ship creaks at night to the crash of the waves? and the lone seabird's flight. Well, you might want to listen in closer next time you're below to the depths just beyond and this tale you should know. Lo, just past the crash and the spray in the creeks you might just hear something out there in the deep. A song some will say, a cry still another. Though I'm here to tell you Stay sure-footed, my brother, out beyond in the darkest depths of the breach lives a monster that only the fated will meet. She bellows and wails from the deep as we sail, traversing her prison at the crest of each swell. See the heart of her lover was tossed to the waves, and try as she might. His soul couldn't be saved. She took to the depths to search for him still, hope-bent and hell-bent on making him well. Down to this day, she wanders the depths, and woe the poor sailor who loses his step. For every young sailor sent into the waves, she mistakes for her lover, whose heart she still craves. And when, with clear eyes, she sees you ain't him, well, I'd pick another way to be rid of my limbs. For the heartbreak and rage still pounds in her chest as she seeks her young sailor asleep in the depths.
3: The wind ripped through his jacket as Dylan sprinted down the dark street. It was colder than he expected it to be. Then again, he'd never expected the plan to take this long. Out of breath, he darted between lampposts, avoiding the pools of light given off by the street lamps. In a couple of blocks, he'd be home. He'd slip upstairs to his room, and no one had to know where he had been. He couldn't help but replay the events of the evening in his mind as he snaked his way down the familiar sidewalks. And as he did, all Dylan could think about was how absolutely nothing had gone to plan. Caught up in trying to unravel every wrong turn the night had taken, he didn't notice the shadow step out from behind the tall tree just up ahead. He didn't see the figure staring back at him until he was nearly toe-to-toe with them. Craning his neck to look into the face of the black-clad figure, he knew already there was no time to make a run for it. As the man slowly pulled his arm from the pocket of his jacket, Dylan saw his chances of silently sneaking back into the house without his parents noticing slip away in an instant. He'd never been so glad for every basketball drill his coach had made him practice as he followed his feet, instinctively darting into the middle of the road and into an all-out sprint to his front yard. This was never going to work, he thought to himself expecting at any second to be ripped to the ground by the giant figure just steps behind him. Dylan could see the porch lights just a few doors away. Heart racing, he bounded down the sidewalk and across the yard faster than any drill he'd ever run. Finally, he rounded the corner to the back steps, wheeling through the air as he grabbed the back door handle, opening, closing, and locking the door behind him in one motion. Peering into the night through the door's window, Dylan searched for any sign of the man on the street before letting his heart slow and his breathing return to normal. He was home. He was safe. He'd made it inside, and so far no one had noticed. Sliding out of his sneakers, he stepped into the kitchen and grabbed a glass of water. As he went to make his way upstairs, the glass nearly fell from his hands as light filled the kitchen. Turning toward the switch, he saw his mother, sleepy and in her nightrobe, standing in the kitchen doorway. A few minutes later, he heaved a sigh of relief as he closed his bedroom door behind him. It had taken some fast talking with his mom, but his explanations had seemed to work well enough to keep him from getting grounded. At least for now. Sitting on the edge of his bed, he tried to calm his mind. It was just after midnight, and he knew the alarm for early morning practice would come more quickly than he'd want it to. He needed to sleep. More importantly, at the moment, however, he needed a shower. He didn't know how his mom had missed the dirt kicking his pants or the cuff of his jacket sleeves, but he was glad she'd been too tired to notice. Peeling off his clothes, he tossed them in the hamper and hoped they wouldn't draw too much attention when his mom did the laundry. After a quick shower, he fell into bed. He didn't know whether it was the exhaustion or the stress, but he fell into a fitful sleep. Sitting at the breakfast table, Dylan listened to the sound of his mom's coffee brewing on the counter as he tried to figure out what to say to his friends today. Sure, they had agreed never to mention last night, but they weren't really going to not talk about it, right? He needed to talk about it. The words burned in Dylan's mouth, begging to roll off his tongue even now, telling his mom was definitely not an option, and he kept his mouth stuffed with food as he ran out the door to keep himself from saying anything he would regret later. This was easily the longest day at school he could remember. In a fog, he wandered from class to class, dying for the last bell to ring. He hadn't seen his friends all day, and it didn't seem like he was going to now. Racing home on his bike, he heard the leaves crunch on the sidewalk beneath his tires, and he couldn't help but think of last night. Who was he kidding? He hadn't thought of anything but last night the entire day. Wheeling his bike into the garage, he hoped his mom would believe him when he said he didn't have any homework. Maybe she would let him play a few rounds of his video game, and he could finally clear his head. That was what he needed. He needed to clear his head. He grabbed a snack and made his way upstairs to his computer. He hadn't seen his mom and figured she must be out running errands. He let out an internal cheer, as this only helped with his afternoon plans. Dylan's feet hit the landing at the top of the stairs, and instantly, he knew something was wrong. His door was open. All of the doors in the hallway were wide open. The laundry room, the linen closet, the door to the furnace room, all of them stood gaping open. The smell of paint hit his nostrils next as he turned into his room. His carpet was drenched in bright, red, wet paint. Noticing the sound of his shower running, Dylan moved quietly into the bathroom, heart in his throat as he crept so quietly he couldn't hear himself breathe. Steam poured out of the bathroom as he opened the door and he reached to turn off the shower. At the bottom of the tub were the clothes he had worn last night, soaked. Lifting his eyes to the mirror, he saw a single photo taped to the wide pane of glass. All of the color drained from his face. He didn't have to look to know what was in the photo. It was him. It was last night. Someone had been there. Someone knew what happened in the woods and someone knew where he was right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. The fog wrapped its arms round the night like a warning. You shouldn't be out here, it said. Not till morning. But what could she do? Oh, the spot she was in. She tried to move swiftly, her heart sitting on pins. The sounds of the evening cast an ominous spell over street lamps and doorways. The cobbles as well. All around her the city's low thrum, in her chest, in her throat, her heart beat like a drum. What there, in the shadows, her eyes couldn't make out, was a figure there lurking, her breath sputtered out. Calming her nerves, which hung on by a thread, she scolded herself, it was all in her head. It was time to move quickly, not a moment to waste. Turning the corner, she moved faster, made haste. Her heels echoed back, their notes swift staccato. She took a deep breath, mustered all her bravado. Ducking under the stairwell, she hid out of view and steadied herself, knowing just what to do. A scream pierced the night, there the flash of a blade such an unearthly shriek, pray you never hear made. There, oh so faintly, if you strained you could hear, her heels click in the night as our miss disappeared. Oh, wasn't she clever, our night-stalking maiden, for out from the shadows she'd struck with abandon. And who could believe such a handsome young lady could find herself caught for a crime that was deadly. The fog wraps its arms round the night like a warning. You shouldn't be out here, it says, not till morning. If ever you find yourself on the streets in the night, take good care, for still lurks a young lady that ought not to be there.
4: It's a myth, they all said, a legend, just lore, as they all turned their eyes to the hilltop once more. The road cut its path through the trees, up the rise, though swiftly they started averting their eyes. In the legend, you see, it was warned and foretold. Just what would take place were a person so bold as to cast their eyes on the windows that glowed on the top of the hill at the end of the road. Look if you dare, peek if you must. For many, the word of the town folk is enough to keep them from wandering their eyes too far astray. But for one young boy, what a pity that day, for he just could not resist the draw of the glow as smoke poured through the chimney, through the new fallen snow. His eyes, they alighted like a fresh fallen flake, and oh, in that moment, his fatal mistake. He found all too quickly his mind in such rapture, though they screamed and they shouted, the townsfolk could not capture his steadfast attention as he started to wander toward the break in the trees and the road over yonder. They wailed and they cried for they knew what this meant. Oh, his dear mother, how her precious heart rent as she watched her son make his way to the woods. And she knew in an instant her son left for good before you depart pray heed this warning next time you walk be it evening or morning keep your wits about you and your eye line diverted from the flick of the curtain from the smoke as it curls from the glow of the windows and the house on the hill
3: Today was the day. Clara raced through her chores, barely able to concentrate. The moment she could pass them off as done, she flew out of the barn and into the house to change. Today was the fall festival, and she had been counting down the days since the weather had begun turning chilly in the mornings. Now fall was well and truly here, and the day had arrived. The whole town had been preparing for weeks there was going to be cider, tables upon tables of food, craft goods, and games. But if she were honest, the food and games held her interest most of all. She had grown so much during the spring and summer seasons that her mother had made her a new winter sweater with yarn they had picked out together. The yarn was the most beautifully rich, dark brown chocolate color she'd ever seen, and Clara was in love with a decadent new sweater from the moment her mother had begun knitting. Tonight would be her first chance to wear her new sweater, and she scrubbed with more care than usual as she got ready and dressed. Waiting on the porch, she bounced from one foot to another with anticipation as her father readied the horses and carriage for the ride into town. Bundled up and finally on their way, she smiled broadly at the leaves and sky as they made their way down the road and through the glen. Though both of her parents surely admonished her to behave well during their outing, she was certain she didn't hear a word of them as her head swirled with visions of the food and fun they would have this evening. If she squinted, Clara would swear she could make out the outline of buildings far in the distance, though they were yet quite a ways from town. Arriving in town, she could see tents and booths stretching from the churchyard into the town square with people milling about in every pocket of space to be seen. For their part, their wagon was loaded with every jam and preserve that could be imagined. For weeks they had harvested in the orchard and worked into the dim light of the evening, canning and preparing. Not only would this harvest help shore up their own seller's inventory, but the opportunity to trade and bargain with others in the community would allow them to lay in goods for the winter to come. She could hardly sprint fast enough once the wagon was unloaded and the cans were stacked. Her mother, crouching to her eye level as her skirts billowed around her, gave one last warning. Don't get into mischief, Clara. Don't have too many sweets. Mind the adults and be polite. With mother's speech concluded and a kiss still damp on her cheek, she made straight away for the cider tent. Weeks ago, they had brought a load of their own apples, as many others had, to be made into cider and jugged for tonight's festivities. With a steaming mug in her hand, she took in the sights and smells around her. Just a few stalls down, there was the unmistakable aroma of sugary, sweet, candied fruits and nuts. She could hear her schoolmates and the other children laughing and playing games in the square, her cheeks rosy but warmed by her drink, sweater, and the energy of the town around her. She returned her mug and ran to the square to join in the games. It didn't take long to spot her friends from school in the reverie. Giggles turned into full belly laughs as endless ring around the rosies left them dizzy and tumbling to the ground. Then, remembering the small grove of trees behind the church, they decided to play hide-and-seek before setting in search of a suite or two. She couldn't remember a more perfect day in all her life as she linked arms with her friends, skipping to the stand of trees. After a couple of rounds, it was Clara's turn to count and seek. Squeezing her eyes shut, she leaned against the trunk of a gnarly tree and counted down aloud. She tried listening for the crunch of the leaves on the ground to give her a clue for where to search. Ready or not, here I come, she yelled. Opening her eyes, she spun quickly toward the trees around her. She felt a sharp pull and heard the tear of woven fibers. Her heart sinking, she looked down at her arm, afraid that she already knew what she would see. A giant hole in her beautiful, brand-new sweater. Come out, she cried. My sweater is ruined. It took a moment for her friends to appear as they suspected her cry was meant to lure them out of their hiding places. When they noticed that she did not search for them, they crept out to see what was the matter. Kneeling on the ground, she looked down at the sweater in her hands as tears rolled down her cheeks. How will I ever explain this? My new sweater is ruined. Maybe it... Isn't so bad, one of her friends said, attempting to comfort her. It is hopeless, she wailed. How could her perfect day be ruined in a flash? There would surely be no sweets now. No lovely new sweater to wear through the seasons of cold. After stalling for as long as she thought she could, her friends hugged her tightly, and she made her way back to her family's festival booth. Noticing the distraught look on her face as she arrived at the tent, her parents rushed to her side. What happened, they asked in a rush. Are you hurt? Hanging her head low, she held out her sweater, showing them the sleeve that sported a new gaping hole. We were playing hide-and-seek, and my sleeve tore. The words spilled out of her as she tried to explain today's terrible turn of events. Taking the torn sleeve in her hands, her mother examined the hole and assessed the damage. It may be a wiser choice not to wear our best sweater for a game in the woods, wouldn't it? She asked in her familiar, firm, and gentle way. I'll tell you what, her mother continued. If you help us trade a few more of these jars, we will make our way about and see if we can find a similar color to mend with at one of the other booths. For the first time since the terrible round of hide-and-seek, Clara felt a tiny spark of hope that not all would be lost. Quickly, she set about attracting the folks walking by to take a look at their stock of goods. In no time at all, jars were flying into the hands of new customers. A lull in foot traffic had them taking count of the remaining jars, and the number had dwindled significantly. With a sparkle in her eye, Mother shot a gaze toward Father and asked, Do you think you can manage for a moment? It would seem we have some textiles to set about finding. Smiling at each other, Mother took her hand and they walked down the makeshift aisles, spying into all the booths on the lookout for yarn and other textiles. Finally, just around the corner from the booth of sweets, they found what they were looking for. As they looked through the skeins of yarn, they came across some of the softest, most beautifully colored material they had known. Baskets filled to overflowing. Locking eyes on a deep brown color, they smiled, picking the color from the stack and holding it against Clara's sweater, a near perfect match. This will work beautifully to mend the tear, and we will have plenty to spare for an extra project or two, Mother remarked. Clara's heart cheered at the thought of her beautiful sweater restored. Have you ever seen such lovely colors? These are so beautiful. She said, You know, her mother began, a young girl ought to have a sweater she can play games in. How about we pick a second color, and I can set about teaching you to knit as well? You can learn with me and have a beautiful sweater of your own making. Smiling broadly, she picked a deep blue color, the color of the deepest water of the nearby lake. As they left the merchant, they passed the sweet shop again, this time stopping for a candied treat. Making their way back to where her father continued working, her mother tucked an extra candy into her palm. Save this to save her on the ride home, she said, her eyes twinkling. Warmth filled her heart to the brim as she worked with her parents in the booth, enjoying the break for a warm meal with the whole town gathered. As they made their way home that evening, the sweet taste of her pocketed candy danced on her tongue. Riding along, Clara decided that today had been better than perfect after all. She already couldn't wait for next year's Fall Harvest Festival.
0: If you're hearing this, you've made it through the haunting of Willow Grove. Thanks for listening. Come
2: back soon.